0: They said it would never happen, that no podcast host of a soon-to-be award-winning podcast would ever drink a pre-workout live on the
1: podcast. Oh yeah, hey Big Rigs, so um, I'm just checking, are we still good to uh, start the recording for the podcast for D12, uh, 5.30 your time, be 8.30pm Andrew, my time?
0: oh baby baby yeah we are man i'm gonna fucking chug pre-workout live on the podcast it's gonna be hectic oh my god please be careful man fuck being careful if you're not living on the edge you're taking up too much space and when you're recording at 5 30 a.m sometimes you need to skull some kamikaze hawaiian splice by athletic sport live on the podcast well, I'm going the distance. Well, I'm drinking my pre. I'm in the zone, in the zone, in the zone for your podcast needs. And my mind's racing and pacing and I'm plotting, plotting discourse. discourse. My eyes are melting and belting and burning without remorse. Well, I'm going the distance. Well, I'm drinking my pre. Good morning, loyal butcher Death trip listeners. Good morning, new hashtag
1: 35k family. And good morning to you, Psychonaut. How you doing? Oh uh, yeah, I'm alright, man. Certain things happened before this podcast, but uh we're here now. I'm more excited to see what happens when you skull this pre fucking workout. Like every time you tell me about it, it's like, ah oh, yeah, I'm gonna skull a uh, pre-workout, fucking <laughs> ice boiling in the back of my skull. Like, alright, let's let's see what happens. Cause like if you hemorrhage live, this this is going on live leak, I can promise you that.
0: Yeah, this is a podcasting first. Do you know what isn't a podcasting first though? Me doing a long-winded intro about the album we're talking about. Hello and welcome to Butchio Death Trip. We are at our 78th episode that is mind-blowing. And to celebrate such an amazing milestone, we are talking about D12. And more specifically, their album Devil's Night. And if you thought... I wasn't going to take this opportunity to make a rap intro, then you do not know this podcast at all. Today we're going to talk about a little groove the 90s and the 2000s, blowing off the roofs, yeah With hip-hop grooves, yeah Detroit moves and lyrics to scare, yeah? yeah Yeah, yeah, to blast it far and wide On their devil's night joy ride, raise the bar But calm their star shocked the burbs As they hear loose from Bazaar, it might leave a scar Villain origin to rival Jafar Light as the car, fight music ringing louder Than a thousand chants of world star. Hip-hop, TikTok, just drop your parents' faces Were looking shocked, but don't deny it Gave you a thrill to turn on the TV See purple pills, I'm in purple hills. Radio edit. Eminem said it, went back for the group. Wouldn't, Wouldn't forget, forget it. Whoever blew up, it would go up the yard. There's get it. Red carpet treatment, that's how you treat friends. Help them go make the bends. Get so high so quick they get their bends, which is hard to comprehend Em and they need a group to be accountable. He'll hold court like Hannibal Lecter at a red table, delectable, preaching like it's a lecture hall, giving a bleach report with quick retorts. I'm 15 years old in cargo shorts, took me a couple years out from blanket forts. Mindless thoughts, life changed while I was still wearing my Marvin the Martian boxer shorts. Satin, patent, shadies, caption, action, Jackson, pure reaction. Twelve in half quick rap math fractions. Back your death trip, gain and traction. Gonna spin this podcast deep dive, chat and rant and pant and muse. I'll say so let's talk devil's night by them boys
1: yeah it's d12 now a bit of controversy because some people might think why are we talking about a hip-hop act but it's the crossover appear once again isn't it it's kind of how eminem sits in that middle ground where he's a hip-hop artist but alternative kids really like him as well but what what was it about a D12 that got you into them? In my high school, there was a bit of
0: a divide. And, you know, there were a few albums that sort of made everyone come together, oddly enough. And it was Dr. Dre's The Chronic. And I think D12, for some reason, like Purple Pills was really popular. So oh, even yeah. like guys used to be gruff and, a bit, and bully people were really into it. One of the few times I was like really early on something was I was really early on uh, South Park and Eminem. Still things I really like today because I heard my name is somewhere and then I was able to download the album and burn it. And, and I, there's a statute of limitations here. Yeah, I can say this. I would burn it and sell copies of uh, the Slim Shady LP all through my high school. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, uh, you know, Marshall Mavis has made his fucking money back off that album, man. So you don't have to worry about that. You've Well,
0: yeah, I was spending most of my weeknights on Microsoft Publisher printing off those covers and, you know, cutting them out and slipping them into the CD trays. And I would sell it for $10 a pop. And so I was sort of known as the guy who liked Eminem. And so when D12 came out and everyone was into it, like I was sort of in a few more groups. They're like, oh, you know, but no one ever bought the D12 album from me. I think people actually went to the actual stores. You know, you got to support those
1: underground artists. Like, bizarre. How did that make you feel? That people weren't picking up your wares when it came to D12? Did you feel slighted by that? I think my dad was more upset than I was. Oh, to pay off that CD writer. It's the funnel, <laughs> though, man. It's the funnel. It was the trickle-down e- economics of yeah, burning You get your CDs. customers and then you need to get them at the thinnest end of the funnel. So what went wrong with D12 that went so right with Eminem?
0: I actually don't know. I think it was just like... I think maybe because people were, were really into Ice Cube and 2001 by Dr. Dre, and D12 kind of merged those worlds a little bit with... Yeah, I actually don't I don't know. People just seem to grab onto it. It's probably the film clip was fucking everywhere all mornings because they did the radio edit and called it Purple Hills rather than Purple Pills, which is something Eminem didn't really do very often. I think it's one of the few times he's actually done a radio edit. And, and they talk about it where it's like, hey, we can stay an underground group, but we know we've got a radio single. It's just got the word pills. And people, whilst being... Absolutely addicted to
1: prescription pills, cannot hear the word pills on radio. I, I think there's a little bit more to the lyrics than pills, mate. I think it's also the entire ending of Purple Pills with Bizarre and his entire rap. I think pu- there was a lot, there was definitely a lot before that, but I think that Bizarre's end rap kind of pushed it over the edge for what you could get away with on the radio. I mean, even the clean version, he still pushes the envelope out a little bit, but that dirty edit, holy shit. It's like the dirty version of boom, 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 buddy out there, brothers. I've got a little grab here from the underground EP that they did because Eminem
0: wasn't originally in the group. He was, there was another member called Bugs who sadly passed away. And so there's kind of like mixed stories where proof sort of went and got Eminem, but Eminem was also like, Hey. Can I join? Can I can I be the member? And Eminem says that he was on a bus with them. So I think he was always hanging out with them. And on the underground EP, he was featuring on a few tracks, like it says in brackets, featuring Eminem. And here's chance to advance from that EP. I'm jumping
2: out on niggas like I'm five-o. Smack them up like a pack of trifle and fly holes. Any opportunity to mangle, I never pass up. Fucking your click with sticks face down, ass up. Dirty dozen packing the shit to turn your chest red. With I dick in your mouth, fucking everything you just said. Year, bitch. Coming to a block near you with nasty like a slut bitch with 30 husbands. when I was five I was already fucking. Playing cassettes
0: and so you can hear it's a, it's much more like you know Wu tang you can hear the underground influence so that, let's say you've written a big song like Purple pills slash Purple Hills. it's like well, do we want to make that leap and try and you know take the next step and get some fucking money because Eminem, the classic story. Had blown up and was coming back for D12. Like he made Shady Records more or less for them, so they could get a deal and and release this album.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I liked Purple Pills. I, I it's incredibly catchy, but let, let's not discount the fact that Fight Music was an equally good song. But unfortunately, like a lot of songs around that time, it was it was definitely the wrong time and the wrong environment because Fight Music came out around the September 11th tragedy. And around that time, everybody was very, very cautious, walking on eggshells, what they can do and what they can't do. And I reckon these st- and <laughs> in a Trump-led presidency, I know, and you could probably, you know, I'm sure you'll agree as well, he'd fucking, yeah, 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 play fight music, a really, really good song. But at the time, it was like, you can't do that. You can't you can't play Rage Against the Machine anything. Can't play Learn to Fly by Foo Fighters and you can't play Fight Music by D12. Why not? Oh cuz it's aggressive, which I really don't
0: get. The kind of strategy was, you know, release this big single and then actually release Fight Music, which is a fucking great track because anytime that and it's very much an Eminem thing, when it's pointed and they've got something to say, then you can you can actually hear the flows come a lot better and it stays on track. So Revelation, Devil's Night, Fight Music, all really good examples of that. But Em said, you know, you release the, the real big pop single and then you go for something a bit heavier, underground, aggressive. So they're like, oh, you know, that might bring in those more hardcore hip-hop fans. But people just didn't want to listen to aggressive music at that stage. I, like whether that's sort of radio being afraid or it's actually the gen, the feeling amongst, or whether that's the feeling amongst the general public, I don't know.
1: I kind of have to disagree with you on that one. I don't think we as a listenership were afraid to listen to aggressive music because I, I'm sure a lot of listeners will agree that sometimes listening to the most aggressive music is a form of catharsis, you know, like chuck on like some lightning bolt or, you know, you could chuck on some Sepultura. And it's um it's kinda of purifying, which I know is a real new agey bullshit thing to say, but it it's that form of catharsis. I think it was the radio that were being overly kinda of sensitive, which which is you know, I gotta be careful with my words here, one hundred percent, but I think radio felt that people would be upset if aggressive music was played but I also seemed I also feel that they didn't care about the listenership they cared about those ned flander types that went through videotapes to see if someone accidentally swore or something like that and it was more the sponsors oh you know we're not going to play any aggressive music and we're going to ban all of these songs because you know for the public interest like bullshit for the for your sponsorship because if the, you played the wrong song and someone complains and you know around that time that a lot of people w- would be up in arms about that shit they're going to lose sponsorships so i don't think it was the case of of the sensitivity shown towards the listeners it was more the case that they didn't want to lose money kind of wrapped up in that when you said there's some catharsis
0: around you know aggressive music Maybe we should start our own sort of wellness retreat. And you know how some people go on this like, oh, it's a seven-day silent thing and we eat really clean and we we just do not speak and we just listen to this drone. I could Do not coffee enemas. Yeah, I could not think of anything worse. Like, don't leave me alone with my thoughts. Like, I've spent the last 36 years trying to avoid these fucking thoughts and we should start a wellness retreat where it's like really just noisy. There's like tables full of like noise pedals and contact mics and you can just like make loops and it's just chaos and people are drinking it's it's basically a huge party
1: is what i've realized yeah 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 so basically so all you've done is basically summed up <laughs> you can beat that one out uh, yeah i have to yeah, bleep yeah. that out you know but i, <laughs> I it's yeah, kind yeah, of tr- yeah, it's kind of it's golden it's true but you know for the sakes of the sensitivity <laughs> of the listenership of batcho death trip we're going to edit that we're going to ban that you know um <laughs> Because I'm not well versed on D12, so I'm, I'm hoping. Well, I know for a damn fact you're going to be taking the lead on this one. So, did Eminem know D12 when he was coming up through the Detroit hip hop scene? You know, around the time when he dropped Infinity and stuff like that? Okay, so I like, I love Eminem. I think
0: Eminem is one of the, the greatest artists of definitely our generation. I think he's an absolute genius. Uh, when you read his lyrics and you, you see his output, it's fucking incredible. And I don't mind this album. Like, I have been listening to this album for two months now. Really,
1: really soon. <laughs> Hold on. I don't mind the album. I've been listening to it for two months. I don't mind it. Well, Where's, no, where's well, your dedication? The where's the, your conviction?
0: No, no, because this is the thing. I put it on and I was like, wow, this is a lot better than I thought. And then I put it on a few more times. I was like, is it? And then I put it on again. I was like, this is great. It's really, really broken up by skits and really stupid skits. So just as they're getting on a roll, it's like another dumb skit about like, you know, bizarre farting. And, and I'll get into this shit later. Oh, and here's a shocking revelation for you. I've been skateboarding a lot. Like I am, you know, midlife crises. is, they just pop up at you, man. You never know when they're coming. And I have been pretty much exclusively
1: skating to D12. I'm pretty sure the midlife crisis started when you ended up becoming a joghead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I could imagine. Oh, it well, depends how much the uh, pre-workout is, but we digress. I would find myself going to D12 World
0: and listening to Get Up because I love this flow. Get ready,
2: set to go,
0: There's a song called, you know, my band on that album where it's basically making fun of the fact that, hey, everyone only knows Eminem, Proof, Bizarre, and they don't know your con artists and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, no, I know way more than that. Like, I'm in deep. I followed this whole thing. And I'm like, actually, no, I don't. I'm the exact same person. I just want to hear Eminem's tracks. I skip most of Bizarre's verses. I like proof so whilst i've tried to uh i've tried my best to be like a podcast where it's like here's a d12 story and, and here's who they are I'm, i just keep going back to like, <laughs> them and uh, i just can't i can't stop you know the gaze just like don't look don't look don't look oh, i've looked and now i'm like all in so this isn't a podcast you come to to get the whole d12 story so i'm happy to make shit up and sort of piece together the puzzles of what i've to discovered
1: be fair, this this isn't the kind of podcast you come for any story unless it's a story about our lives. But no, I, I only ask because they never featured on um, the Slim Shady LP, but they did appear on the Marshall Mathers LP. Now I'm trying to think of the timescales there, but didn't that first D12 album drop and also the Marshall Mathers LP drop a- along a similar kind of time frame? It was definitely within the same year, was it not? I think so. But when d12 played
0: sydney in 2001 they opened yeah. with pistol pistol eh, good flows but I hate that chorus purple pills fight music and then it goes into my name is the way i am real slim shady stan under the influence and criminal so those last few are you know from marshall mathers lp and they feature d12 so already by that stage it's like it's a d12 concept but we know you just want to hear some Eminem songs. You know, let us do Pistol Pistol and then we'll go into Purple Pills and then, you know, then you'll get your Eminem concert. But even at their own concerts, they're not doing their own songs exclusively. Not until Eminem became much more of a producer and they said he was way more into just making beats and tracks and focused less on touring. Now, Eminem did do Warp Tour, I think in 97, but definitely in 1999. And there's footage of him walking around through the crowd. No one knows him, no one approaches him. Like, and he's asking people, is it tradition to throw shit on stage? Because people have been like bottling me basically. And, you know, and people are like, yeah, it's tradition. He's like, oh, great. So it's not nothing rude. But people did not like him. And there's footage of him and proof on stage being like, you know, if you throw the next thing, you know, you are not a very nice person and you're quite inconsiderate and I do not feel respected. Yeah, obviously, they, they did it in much more, you know, um, vulgar terms. Nothing I can get behind, of course. But... Like they cut a track short and then go into another track and it's Eminem and Proof walking around but no one else from D12 at that stage. So I think the bond between Proof and Eminem was really strong but it seemed to... I don't know why he brought them on for the Marshall Mathers LP and not the Slim Shady.
1: Maybe to give them a platform. You know, kind of like the platform that Dre gave Eminem and Exhibit on 2001. There was a lot of crossover because if you think about if you look at m&m as the 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 root of the tree that's growing bloody roots you just take a look at the family tree that that stems off from it because i think a lot of people forget that 50 cent was affiliated with m&m before he blew up with g unit and then g unit became a thing and if I remember correctly, there was an Eminem album called The Re-Up, which had like a whole bunch of guest artists around that area. So, because yep. he, he became big. He, no no question about it. Slim Shady LP got him to that level. Marshall Mathers LP, he blew up after that. Maybe it was the fact that he knew that that album was going to blow up is why he drafted in D12 to, to guest on some bits and pieces.
0: Yeah, well, there was that promise. Whoever blows up first, they'll come back and they'll help... The rest of us up But maybe we're also talking about this album And here's another crossover thing Because this album has a secret track And do you know about this secret track? Absolutely not, mate It is a diss about Fred Durst and DJ Lethal Is it? Yeah, yeah. and it, it's called Girls
2: DJ Legal on MTV, after I gave you props on that song, you on national TV, talking about Everlast is gonna whip my ass when he sees me, come on dog, you was supposed to be on that song, talking about how bad you hate him, now you all in his thong, what's wrong, you scared and fred, you said you was dissing him too. I said I knew better than to listen to you, you fucking sissy Upon stage screaming out people hate you, they don't hate you They just think you're corny since Christina played you And I tell you motherfuckers to try to diss me back That's a sissy act And don't call me kissing my ass Cause I swear to God this ain't is the song I'm trying to pre-warn you Lethal when I fucking see you dog I'm swinging on you Motherfuckers
0: must think as I'm in So this played out for quite a while and I'm like, what is going on? Why would Eminem release a diss track about Limp Bizkit? And it sounds personal. Like you can tell when Eminem gets really, really personal. By the way, my face is starting to fucking
1: tingle and burn. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm... my balls are sweating. Knees weak, arms are Maybe heavy. Maybe I'm getting like a, a contact, a contact pre <laughs> workout. Um, it's not the first time he's dissed Fred Durst though. Yeah, so there's a grab here that I'd love to play and I've trimmed
0: it down a little bit where Eminem explains what this song is about in particular. The reason that
2: I dissed them is because when all the beef with Everlast was going on, right, they wanted to jump in it with me and take my side, right, and they wanted to do a song with me because I did a song, Everlast did a song dissing me that I dissed him back, then he dissed me back again. So I was going to diss him back again one final time, so I was telling them about it. They wanted to get on the song, but there's like, yeah, man, Write me some shit, bro. I'll say that shit. And then DJ goes, man, I hate everlast. Man, he's a bitch. he comes over, he steals my weed, like all this shit, right? So I'm like, okay. I'm like, if you guys really want to get on the song, I set up the studio time in LA. Let's do it. And they're like, okay, whatever, whatever. So, um, so we set up the studio time. The day I get to the studio, that day. Fred Page is us. Yo, I got a toothache, so I don't think I'm going to be able to make it today. And DJ Lethal says he doesn't know how he feels about doing the song because he's still cool with Everlast. So I'm thinking, all right, if he's still cool with Everlast, then why was he telling me he hates him? I'm not going to run into somebody and say, I can't stand deny. Do you know what I mean? To, to somebody I barely know, I barely know those guys. That's not even what pissed me off. I'm, I'm like, okay, all right. I, my opinion of them lowered, but I was like, all right, I'll do the song anyways. And still still put them in my raps, still said their names in my raps. And used them against Everlast, right? So then, like, not even two weeks later, these are on MTV. thing. they asked Lethal about the Everlast thing, right? Lethal said, I think personally that... Em is a good rapper. He's a better MC, but I think that in a fight, Everlast would whip his ass. Now, come on, dog. What the <laughs> is that? Now, 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 you tell me. You tell me what what you would do. What would you do in a situation like that? I, I'm sitting back at, at, at home watching the TV. Like, I think Everlast would whip his ass. I'm like, what? The fuck? You were supposed to be on the song with me. What kind of shit is that? I would not have made a move if it wasn't for that. If if 10, 20 million people did not see him say that Everlast would whip my ass. There was no call for it, dog. If you didn't want to be in the beef, then you should have stayed out of the beef. You shouldn't open your mouth with an opinion. That's it. So that's why I dissed
0: him. It's really unlike Fred Durst to weasel in and out of situations and just say whatever he thinks will get him through to the
1: next, you know, conversation. You know what the problem is? There is that Eminem was talking to the character Fred Durst rather than the actual person Fred Durst. And also, Fred Durst is a businessman, man. He fucking saw Marshall Mathers blowing up and went, Mm. "Yo, I gotta get me some of that." Like I was thinking. Why has DJ Lethal got a beef with with Everlast? They were in House of Pain together, for fuck's sakes.
0: I don't know. I feel like you just got to have beefs to squash the beef. Fred Durst kind of reminds me of like a Lindsey Graham type Ted Cruz kind of guy where he's like, I'm against this person, I'm against this person. And then when push comes to shove, it's like, I actually love them and I do not mind if they insult my wife or whatever it will get me, you know, a little bit more money or a little bit more cred or fame, whatever. Not Definitely not cred. It's just... Bizarre, yeah. Oh, speaking of Bizarre, that wasn't actually a planned segue. Fuck, he sucks. Speaking of Bizarre. Man, (laughs) fuck, Bizarre sucks. Like, I know that's like, if you go on any thread about D12, it's like, Bizarre sucks, Bizarre sucks. He
1: fucking sucks, because his rhymes are just edgelord bullshit that are really, really obvious. Yeah, they are the worst part of D12. And do you know why they're the worst part of D12? Because they're catchy as well. That is the issue. I know most of the lyrics to Purple Pills. I damn sure know Bizarre's final verse though. And that's the problem, you know. It's crass and it's crude. And it's that juvenile kind of frat boy humour. But with the production behind it, it's kind of an earworm. I don't like it. I, don't, I think I'll laugh in the case of like, Oh, I can't believe that happened. Like, watching... Uh, Ryan Dunn, rest in peace. Stick a car up his bum, you know that in that kind of juvenile frat boyish behavior. But would I rate Bizarre as a rapper? I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the fifth on that one, Reese. So I don't end up getting a diss track written about me by Eminem. Even if Bizarre wrote a diss track, it'd be the
0: slowest, fucking, least fluid rap you'd ever hear. He just fucking sucks. And the worst thing is, like, I've always had this idea for a fish and chip shop. And it would be called the world's worst fish and chip shop. And when people go in and there's shit, it's like, yeah, what did you expect? Like it's in the name, but also if they're really good, it's like, yeah, that name just sort of pushes away the the fakers and the haters and shit. And people who know actually know it's really, really good fish and chips. Like I've (laughs) always had that idea. So what you're saying is post ironic
1: fish and chips.
0: Yeah. That's bizarre. Bizarre was like pre post ironic where it's like, I know I suck. I know I'm the worst and my flow's really shit, and I say things to get a reaction. And by you reacting, he's like, oh, I got you where I want you. But it's, like, it's so shit that I kind of have to react. And the only skit that I've ever laughed at on any Eminem or D12 album is the Steve Berman one, where he just says what we're all thinking.
2: Hey, Steve. Uh, Vanessa said you wanted to see me. What's up?
0: Marshall. I can call you Marshall, right? Uh, sure. Good. But... Sit the fuck down for a second. Okay. Do you just fucking hate me? I hate you. What, what the fuck have I ever done to you? Your last record, we got lucky. This D12 album is fucked. What's wrong I don't with wanna rape my grandmother. I don't wanna have sex with pit bulls. I wanna roll on dubs. I wanna throw bows. I wanna rock Prada. Rock Prada? And who the fuck is this bizarre guy? What do you mean? Do you need a CAT scan? Where the fuck did you find this guy? I mean, I've known
2: him for like... This album's never coming out. Steve, you've only heard one song. Fuck you. Get the fuck out of here.
0: Yeah, Who is this bizarre guy? And I just imagine bumping into him on a Sunday morning at brunch, and he's like, oh, man, I got fucked up last night. And then you're just like, oh, what happened? It's basically like the rap version of Alexander and the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. It's like, oh, you're at a club, and what? Your grandma was there, and she was doing what? And now she's got what? Venereal disease? Oh, man. And then they did what? Oh, that's terrible. And then a dog came in and what did it lick? You know, it's just like this constant escalation of just like unbelievable, boring shit, you know?
1: Like a dirty version of uh, there was an old lady who swallowed a fly.
0: <laughs> that is basically what Bizarre's doing, you know? And it's just like, all right, cool. And he just, rather than just bow out, he's like, oh, and, and then and then this happened. And then this happened. He's basically got one trope, which is I had sex with a family member. Okay, Whatever, like if it's consensual. I don't don't know. Legally, I don't know where we stand on this. Maybe I should...
1: Oh, no, it's illegal. It is definitely illegal. (laughs) It's a pre-workout talking man. And an aberration towards humanity, like you pre-workout in it.
0: But I thought about Bizarre. I'm like, bro, if if you've got the platform, you've got the mic, you've got the time, fuck it's hard to talk with a throbbing head, I'll tell you that. Is it normal for your teeth to fall out in a podcast?
1: I don't know, man. I've been worried about the color of the blood coming out of your nose. It's not normal.
0: And I thought, Bizarre... Why don't you write a rap about an actual degenerate group of subhumans? And if you're not gonna do it, I guess I'm gonna have to fucking do it. So rather than rapping about rooting family members, let's fucking take out some people who actually deserve it. I'm fucked in the head. My logic has been I'm only here to torment, deposit your rent, fuck you lifelong i'm a piece of human shit i'm a real estate agent what you gonna do about it i'm a dog i'm useless i didn't finish high school but i didn't want to work a trade these hands aren't made for blisters they're made for fisting you it's amazing that i don't have fecal matter on my leather shoes i don't reply to emails in a timely manner spending all of my money on bronze self-tanner drenched in hair gel but you can't tell that i live in a granny flat behind my mum's but it's called cause she pays for my fox towel Ta- tell you the time for the open inspection hope my cheap suit distracts you from the fact that i can't maintain an erection a dereliction of duty perfection excludes me my sexual protection is my dogshit personality I'm the living, breathing human form of pure banality. Don't bother me. I'm the top percent of malcontents. I'm the worst of the worst. I'm a real estate agent. I don't care.
1: I don't care. Cutting.
0: There are not enough diss tracks about real estate agents. No, there needs but to can't be more. Can we all band
1: together? Needs to be more. Hey man, if Sharpie Crows did a song called Landlords, then I think more people should be throwing out diss tracks about, uh, yeah, rental. Uh, what? Well, real estate agents. What about property management companies? Can we can we get, you know, lump that in as well, mate?
0: Yes. Yeah, like, body, corporates.
1: Ever last. Body, corporate. yeah, body corporates. Body corporates. body corporates. Oh, I took a shit and the body corporate said, do something with it. So I ate it. I motherfucking ate it.
0: Do you know what? it's It's actually kind of hard to write a rap about something you don't care about because the things I literally don't care about, they don't come to my mind. I think by like, Stating you don't give a shit about something, you 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 have to because there are so many things that I would never even think about because I <laughs> literally don't care. Like I do not oh, give a shit about.
1: God, that. I am fucking loving watching you with the pre-workout courses through your body, <laughs> man. This is a whole new level of big rigs, man. This is. I've h- never taken pre-workout and just <sighs> sat there for it. No, <laughs> what's it? Let's just put D twelve to the side for a minute, okay? And, uh, tell, run me through how you're feeling because like. You're shaking your hands quite a lot. Your face has gotten quite red. Your eyes are bulging. There's a big fucking Christian Bale vein popping out the middle of your head.
0: This is the reason I don't tell anyone what I've been up to. Like, oh, I haven't seen you since high school. What have you been up to? I'm like, oh, just skull and pre-workout and sitting on a chair at 5.30am talking about D12.
1: Pretty much as you'd expect. <laughs> it's probably the reason you don't do drugs. You don't need to. You're like the weird owl of random fucking core shit, you know? My hands
0: will not go go below my chest. Like I just want to like be up here. Um, it's weird not yeah, to be sprinting around. Know, you know, a l-
1: lot of jazz hands going on, mate. A lot of the jazz you hands. you do
0: for podcasting, you know. Um, I <laughs>
1: before before we go into some uh, some more heaviest stuff regarding D twelve. Um, shall we play an advert? Yes. I don't want it to be in poor taste that we talk about proof's death and that, oh here comes an advert so. Why don't we uh why don't we play an advert while Reese sorts himself out cause he's starting to climb up the walls. Oh, I thought you were gonna throw up then. I'm basically Christopher walking in that Fat Boy Slim video right now. Christopher jogging, mate, that's what you're doing,
0: man. Christopher sitting talking shit. So compilation albums, oh fucking they are huge. Oh. You got Eminem's Re up, which was a shady label sort of showcase album what would you call that like uh but we've got the answering machine compilation album man which is fucking full of bangers have a listen to this it's getting hot in the northern hemisphere and we at Rudiger records have the tracks to get your summer cranking that's right we've compiled all of the greatest answering machine hits on one compilation that's right you'll get bangers such as Stone Sour's Blotter. Received April 28th at
1: 7.13am. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs>
0: the classic m ms Paul.
2: What's going on? It's Paul. Um. Dre gave me a copy of the new album, and I
1: just... <sighs> Fuck it. Oh, no, he didn't. We've
0: got something for the more sensitive souls. Ben Folds 5, your most valuable possession.
1: 6.49 a.m. Friday, November 20th.
2: Good morning, Mr. Ben. It's uh about 6.30, Winston-Salem north carolina uh, just laying here in the bed half awake half asleep thinking about you um.
0: some people say that these answering machine messages slow down the flow of an album and are totally unnecessary but we say to them have you even heard beastie boys the maestro so paul this is Alan. you can kiss my ass boy i'm interested in you anyhow i'm just interested in the b-boys so fuck you mom. Cool. Order now to ensure that you get your copy of this great Answering Machine message compilation disc from Rodiger Records. Ruttiger. We've got tracks from Sonic Youth, The Event Brothers, They Might Be Giants, Dr. Dre, The Notorious B.I.G., They Might Be Giants, Interpol. and of course we have the ultimate Answering Machine message, Fred Durst on the singer of Taproot's mum's Answering Machine message when he heard Taproot may not be signing with Limp Bizkit and Flip Records.
2: Oh, yeah. Take it away, Fred Durst, you goddamn piece of work. Steve, Fred Durst. Hey, man. He fucked up. You don't ever bite the hand that feeds in this business, bro. And your fucking manager
0: so that as a fucking idiot. Loser, mother. Y'all
1: ready for this? I'm, um... I'm slightly offended by that. You know what happened, like, to, to that girl at the nightclub who ended up, like... Taking a pill and then dancing to the Ben Ben Folds 5 track on that compilation. Have some fucking respect, mate. Have some respect.
0: I would love to go to a nightclub and see a bunch of women dancing around in a circle around their handbags, looking at each other and pointing just to like some answering machine (laughs) tracks.
1: Play the Taproot (laughs) 1! Imagine if you went on stage and you were doing like a live performance of your answer phone messages and some cunt goes... Play the Rick Rubin answer phone message. There you go. That's a covert Slayer reference for everybody. Um, In all seriousness, though, talk to me a bit about the track How Come that was on um, the D12 album after this one. Was that legitimately about a beef that Eminem had with the other members of the band?
0: Oh, yeah, I don't know much about that, but I definitely know uh, Eminem released a song, Stepping Stone, that just declared the group over. Their kind of relationship, when it got into the public eye,
1: it felt a bit terse.
0: Maybe it's similar to the Andreas Kisser, Max Cavaliero thing. You got one guy just blowing up, like literally one of the biggest artists in the world. And it's like, what about us? And he's like, I probably have done enough for you guys. Like, I I made a record label so you guys could get your albums. You got your money. You know, what you do with this now is, is up to you. But obviously... Proof's death really, really fucked up uh, a lot of things in, in, in emotionally. Like Eminem said, he was the glue that really bound them all together. Proof picked everyone in the group. Basically, he put it all together. And Eminem said, I didn't realize all the little things that Proof did for the group. Like I just basically rocked up, did my thing. Proof did a lot. Proof was D12 for a lot of uh, different yeah. reasons.
1: I mean, I would say that Proof was almost like the jizzer of the group, wasn't he? If you were to make that Wu-Tang comparison then Eminem would be the Method Man, Bizarre would be Old Dirty Bastard, and then you've got Proof that was that was, you know, basically Jizzy, you know, like not too prominent, but it turned out that without him a lot of shit didn't get done.
0: And Eminem sort of mentioned him or written songs about him subsequently on a lot of uh, solo albums and it obviously goes through his mind and and how he passed away and just sort of to go over it, uh, allegedly Proof went to a strip club with his friends. He got into a a fight about a pool game with a guy whose cousin was the bouncer and apparently the bouncer started just shooting recklessly and shot Proof and his own cousin, uh, all blanket alleged. and I'm pretty sure that the bouncer got off, uh, which I I don't understand how but –
1: you know, Eminem talks... Justifiable about- homicide? Maybe. I mean, it's not justifiable from from a legal standpoint. It's a possibility. It's weird, though, that it, it affected uh, Eminem so much when if we just drop back a minute into Stepping Stone, it, it, it could, could you equate it to a sibling rivalry, Riggs? In what way? In a way that I love you, but you piss me off. Like, you know... I wouldn't want anything to happen to you really, but fuck, I find you very annoying.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like he does say it feels like I'm on the descent, but it was not my intent to treat you all like a stepping stone. So maybe it was like, hey, I wasn't in the group. I joined the group and then I went on to something bigger and maybe there were some feelings of people being like, fuck, you just used us and you moved up and now you're using Dre and Snoop and 50 Cent and soon you'll move on to someone else at like Royster 5-9 or Tech-9 or whoever it might be. You know, uh, so I I don't know. But Eminem does also say, but the longer we spend living this lie that we live, the less is left for closure. So let's just let this go. It's not goodbye to our friendship, but D12 is over. So he hadn't done anything with him for quite a while anyway, but I guess he had to put out the track. And he did talk to some of the members and say, hey, this song's going to come out. You know, I need to put it out there. It's like an official press release. So, I mean, maybe. (laughs) I just think it's... it goes back also to our Sepultura uh, conversation where it's like, w- w- what is a band? And it, it just mixes so many things about like, is it a business? Is it purely artistic? Does, does any member for, from D12 have the right or to go out and just do their own thing? And if it blows up, then you have to follow that. Like how loyal do you need to remain to the group? Or, uh,
1: it worked th- for the Wu-Tang though.
0: Yeah, maybe different personalities. And no, I don't think anyone from the Wu-Tang clan blew up as much as Eminem did. Like it was. Oh, I don't.
1: I don't know. Like, if we were gonna take, uh, Family Values Tour as a reference point, Method Man and Red Man, had that big crossover appeal, not to the level of Eminem, but then maybe the difference is that Eminem knew he wanted to make money, and I'm not saying that he's a sellout or anything like that. But the Wu Tang Clan always felt quite artistic when Jizza was at the helm. You know, it always felt like we've got a plan. This is what we're going to do. Okay, so on this occasion, we're going to push Method Man a little bit, but then we're going to push Raekwon the chef a little bit here, and then we're going to collaborate all together. You know, and and it all had a structure to it, like a business plan. And I think perhaps with D12, it was okay. so uh, we're going to get this guy called Eminem to, to come and be part of the group, even though there's six of them. They're called D12 for what reason, Reese? Yeah, because they've all got alternative personalities, and I cannot get
0: on board with that at all. Like, it is so boring to me. It's like when someone's like, huh, when I get drunk, that's when Becky comes out. And Becky is a real piece of work. Like, she says whatever she's thinking. It's like, no, you still said it. Yeah. You were still accountable to that. It's like, oh, sorry, can't. that was Slim Shady talking. I'm Marshall Mathers now. It's like, no, it's still a part of you, you know? I don't just put a puppet on my hand and go off on tirades and be like, sorry, guys, that puppet is very, very good. Yeah, you you don't
1: need a puppet at all for that.
0: No, you just need to skull some athletic sport, (laughs) kamikaze, Hawaiian splice, and it will just pour out of your pores. So
1: I'm confused, Reese. Did you like this album or not? And is the reason why you like this album purely because of Eminem?
0: It is better than I thought it would be, but worse than I wanted it to be. And mostly because of the skits that break it up. And also the outros to songs go for way too long. Like they just keep repeating a chorus. Like, all right guys,
1: just fucking fade out. A lot of fade out. A lot of fade out on the album. Isn't there? There are
0: points where each of the uh, members bar bazaar, get to like really show their wares. And that's pretty fucking cool. Like I I thought that was, that was awesome. So yeah, I mean, pistol, pistol, not a, I don't know. Yeah. When I first put it on, I was like, Oh my God, this is why wasn't I more into this? And then after a while I'm like, okay, yeah, it's, it's not a very, very solid album. What I did notice, especially when I was doing that world-class intro over purple pills is like the beats are quite simple, but they don't use the, the sort of glitchy trap hi-hat. That's really prominent now in a lot of hip hop music. Uh, it's all, the hi-hats are quite simple and it's really, really fun to rap over, but writing raps is so tricky because, and, and even for me at a, gold standard rap level every line you say can lead you down to a new path that can lead you further further down until you're at a dead end so it's kind of like doing a maze and it it is literally fucking amazing that Eminem and those really good rappers can navigate something and basically stretch out one idea over multiple verses and a chorus and stuff but everything flows so well And like even if you put a word with a heavy vowel sound in there or something, it can dictate what the next line is and the subsequent lines. And so I think when they are on point, they are very on point, but they are unable to hold that for the entirety of a song, let alone an album, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And and maybe that's when Bizarre gets on the mic and you're like, ah, you killed it. And just as you're like, that song was fucking banging, what's next? And then it's just like fucking – this
2: no the fuck you didn't girl that shit came from my soul
0: yeah i mean farting and then saying that came from my soul kind of funny but not uh, yeah like that just kills the entire flow of an album for me
1: so in summary the album's better than you thought but it's not as good as you wanted it to be and primarily it's Eminem's involvement in it that's that's that draws you to it.
0: Yeah, 100%. 100%. You can tell, like, especially on D12 World, you can tell when Eminem's there, where he's guiding the track, where maybe he even selects the beats. You can kind of feel that, I think. So, yeah. And I hate to be the person who's like, oh, Eminem's the best member of D12. Yeah, it's, it's fucking obvious. That's what my band is about. So they address all these things up front. The feelings and the general sentiment
1: of the public what did you think of the album i'm in a similar kind of situation as yourself i liked the album because eminem appeared on it and it was something it was quite interesting seeing him work in a collaborative kind of group setting we knew he could do the solo shit with uh, marshall Mathers lp slim shady lp We knew that he was always good for a guest role, but maybe that's also thanks to Dre, because Dre's got a real knack of having someone guest on one of his tracks, and immediately it's like one of the biggest hooks on a song. Did it with Snoop Dogg with uh, Ain't Nothing But A G Thing. He uh, did it with uh, Eminem on 2001. Perhaps Eminem was trying to look to have a similar kind of situation with D12. Maybe D12 jumped into it a bit too quick with their own album. But I don't know. I I'm with you. I think that it's good, but there are moments that really let it down and unfortunately those moments are way too many skits. I think that if you can't finish a song like like almost every song on that album's like a fade out. You've got a problem there with production or you've got a problem there with kind of placement, uh, struck, song structure. Yeah, I say. yeah, definitely. But it is a fun album, but that that's the only way I could describe it is if someone put that on at a party, I'd probably nod along to it and be like, Oh yeah, this is fun. But I wouldn't go out of my way to listen to the whole thing from start to finish. Like we've done reg- you know, for this podcast, you know, for the research purposes, But uh, I won't lie, after we're done here, I'm probably going to go and listen to Purple Pills and Fight Music. Yeah. It's a singles album is what I'm trying to get at. The singles are very solid. The rest of it, I could give or take. I would also
0: suggest listening to Proof's album, uh, Searching for Jerry Garcia, a fucking incredible name. And a lot of people haven't heard Proof's sort of solo stuff. So I've got a little grab um, from... His song, Forgive Me, with 50 Cent. Okay. The fact that I this
2: mirror Neglecting my daughter and trying to blame on how I was brought Like I'm a product of this environment Why ain't I shut up, got up today Like why you let me breathe again what feels up is creeping in thinking sin is a winning and i'm a finished last my pen and penny court my life is each minute past past minutes I shit city and shit buzz i did right by you but still you took bus they caught me in the door before we for not knowing through the dog streets. you walk me turns
0: in it's a really good album give searching for jerry garcia a listen I, I don't think it's on spotify in australia anyway i think it's all on youtube but
1: before we go on to the game, because I'm sure you've got a game for me today. You always do. You're like the jigsaw of new metal. Um, <laughs> we've got a, a I've got a, a question from a listener. And I, I, I think you being the superior Eminem fan, I'm going to direct this question for you. So it's from Braden and Braden asked, do you think if M didn't bring them out, He wouldn't have got as much respect in the rap game as he has by them. I think D12. So again, Reese, Braden asked, "Do you think if Eminem didn't bring D12 out, he wouldn't have gotten as much respect in the rap game as he has?" Reese, your thoughts. Hot take. Now, on the on the on the pre workout, go. uh, Yes or no? uh,
0: I mean, uh,
1: yes or no? I think it's
0: another string to his bow, isn't it? Um, Yes or no? No, no, because I think he he already had a bunch of respect, but it's like you also went back for your friends and you lifted them up. That's another cool thing. Slim Shady LP came out without any D12. He started his own record label in like late 1999. He looked for an avenue to release D12, and you know Paul Rosenberg and and he wanted to start a label, which led them to making Shady Records. So that that's a story in itself. It's like you went you blew up and you could have fucking forgot everyone. You went back to get your friends, but he also already had the respect and some capital. Now, whether D12 made the Marshall Mathers LP better, whether Eminem made D12 better, I don't know, but I just think he already had a bunch of respect in the game, but this is like another thing like, oh, not only is he a great producer, rapper, lyricist, a good interview, a good live show, he also is a good businessman and a loyal friend. So I think you get extra respect for that. Yeah, he,
1: he didn't join D12 to gain any clout. Unlike Fred Durst, one of the guests on the diss track against Everlast that we learned earlier in this episode, which was definitely a bit of clout chasing. Um, Thank you for your question. Uh, yeah. What game have you got for me today, then, before you pass out from the pre-workout? That's a lot of blood coming out of your nose now, Reese. Is it meant to be yellow? That's the Hawaiian
0: splice. Oh, okay. My veins. Uh, I
1: thought it was, like, brain fluid.
0: That's a very weird morning for me. Now, here's a hot take. Rappers often sing quite fast and you're like, wow, that is, that is quite quick. That's also the sort of impressive thing about rap. If it was really slow, it would be a podcast now. Or bizarre. And I've got a bunch of tracks that I think, you know, and I've sped them up. Okay. Now, will you be able to pick the rock tracks if they're sped up? Okay. So let's have a listen. And we'll see how many you can get right out of seven. Right, do I have you do I have
1: to name the track or do I have to tell you if it's a rap track or a rock track?
0: I'll accept if you name the track or the artist. All right, or hum the melody, whatever it works. Here we go. The First melody. track.
1: Well, I know it's a punk band. But I've no idea who that is, man. I want to say like Newfound Glory or something like that.
0: No, that's Blessed Union of Soul, Hey Leonardo.
1: I've never heard that song before in my life.
0: You haven't heard this? It, it nah,
1: nope, never heard it. Oh my gosh.
0: Someone didn't dance uh, at my Year 8 social.
1: Someone's kind of glad. Someone would have been awkward if they did, mate. who invited this guy from Leeds? (laughs) This is fucked. What's this cunt doing? He's just stood there nodding along. Welcome to what happens when you get older, you go to a nightclub, and you don't know what fucking song they're playing. Did
0: he have to wear a trench coat? I know you know this song. I know it.
1: hello. That is Dancing Queen by Abba, my friend. Yeah, yeah! All right. Next one. I wonder if you'll get this. Oh, God, I've forgotten the name of the band now. Uh, isn't it the... Uh, it's Woohoo. Yes. But is the, the band the 3456? Oh, you are so close. But one, two, three, four. The five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But
0: well done. You got that. This is the song. What happened to that band? They're waiting for Kill Bill 3. How much slower does that normal song
1: sound after listening to the sped up version? Well, I don't know. I'm not on the pre-workout, mate. So, you know, my my perception of time is wholly different to <laughs> yeah. your perception of time. <laughs> All right. What
0: about this song?
1: Oh, my God. What have you done? <laughs> I'm expecting a WhatsApp message the moment that he hears that. That's Slow Decline by New Zealand's greatest post-punk band... Or noise rock band, delete as appropriate, a uh, Bowls to Math. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't heard it, here's the slower version. He's got such a distinctive, aggressive voice Martin does. Mm, big Mazda. He's so dis- so distinctive. You can tell it's a God to Math track by that growl fuck they were underrated and i'm not saying that because they were a Muzai band i honestly think that people will look back at Godbass math and go fucking hell we should have given them more credit than we did
0: good band and good people what more do you need
1: yeah 100 percent. apart from that drummer he's a drummer what about this one That's a preteen dirt bag by Weedus. Yeah, yeah, The slowed down version is called a teenage dirt bag. Well done, man!
0: Fantastic. I, the cover band at my year twelve graduation, actually opened their set with that, and my parents slow danced to it to celebrate. You know, their their eldest son, their firstborn graduating school It was amazing. And I was wearing my bikini inspector hat. Here we go. <laughs>
1: A lot of unhappy people in Leeds today, man. That's uh, Guerrilla Radio by Rage Against the Machine yeah, yeah, who have cancelled their European tour today. Oh, why'd they cancel it? Well, because Zach Delarosa fucked his leg up and he was advised not to travel. Oh,
0: fuck that. Don't do that's it. It's a long...
1: Me. I mean, nah, come on, man. To be fair, that's a long trip from America over to Europe and if it's a leg injury and he gets deep vein thrombosis...
0: Oh, is it a long trip? I just flew from fucking Melbourne to
1: London. That was a long trip.
0: What's that? Six hour flight?
1: Yeah, but then you're under pre-workout. You'd probably fucking run it, you cunt. What are you talking about? <laughs> was man. This guy
0: running on the ocean. Well done, Benji. That was six out of six, 100%. No, wait. Yeah, no, you got them all right, I'm pretty sure. Well okay. done, man. <laughs> Fuck, I put on my work clothes and I'm sweating through them. I have to change clothes because there's fucking episodes.
1: Yeah, your sweat shouldn't be that colour. And it kind of looks like you've got like a third third eye opening. Yeah, I'm going to go fucking play Are you going to get listed like all?
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah Pre-workout kicking in, ponytail growing, seeing patterns in nature.
1: Anytime, anytime you bring up a third eye, you know someone in a group of five people, two of them are going to think tall. I was uh,
0: e-scootering through the city the other night and I was stopped at a red light and there were these guys on the corner talking and they were like up and about four of them were one was just sort of like stood back a little bit and they're like, Oh, where are we going to go next? Are we going to go to the Exford? We can go there. Yeah. Let's go for more drinks. And one guy just put his arms up in like robot arms and said, "Mm, staying out later than expected system error system error. So good. I'm going to use that anytime. Like, you know, I have to stay out later than I wanted. And that's how I feel about this podcast. We've gone on too long system error,
1: but just like a D 12 track, we just don't know when to end and maybe we have to fade out yeah maybe we do have to fade out because I, I remember this time that uh me and you were having a conversation about.
0: sometimes you look back on your actions and you just have to laugh four minutes after finishing recording this podcast i realized that i had been sweating so intensely ...due to taking pre-workout and remaining relatively stationary... ...that my work shirt was drenched. I had to have a shower and get a change of clothes. And this made me late for work. But when you're young you do some crazy things for love. Yeah, love. You know, that four-letter word. Whether it be a love of making a soon-to-be award-winning podcast... ...or whether it be a love of chatting to a good friend via Zoom... Sometimes you find yourself in the eye of a love storm chugging pre-workout at a frequency that most health professionals label as reckless Talking about albums you used to listen to growing up, you know life moves fast And sometimes the only way to keep up is by ingesting some powder mixed with water From a plastic tub that has a skull on it with rainbows coming out of the eye sockets And as my pa used to say every Sunday, when I'd go over there for a Sunday roast, he'd pull me aside and he'd say, Big Rigs, life's complicated. It's not black and white, it's full of gray. And you want to add color to this world. You want to be the light in people's lives. And the more rainbows that a skull has coming out of its eyes, the higher the potency of what's inside and that's advice that I live by today